This podcast is brought to you by Connect First Credit Union. You may have noticed lately, we've been certainly telling the story of our brand. We've been uh, running some commercials and so on, but it all started kind of here where we started talking about our story at Connect First and how we wanted to reinvent ourselves as a credit union design for the next 20 years. And when you start thinking about Alberta and how we're all collectively reinventing ourselves, I think there's a, a lot of unsung heroes across this province that every day are finding new ways to do just that. And I spent the first 15 years or so of my career actually working for a company called the Business Development Bank of Canada. And one of the things that they did is just instill in me this appreciation for manufacturing. It's an industry, it's a sector of the economy that generates a lot of benefits to the economy, a lot more employment, a lot more wealth creation than most industries. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. And when we think of the last 20 years, maybe even 30 or 40 years, the story of manufacturing has been a little bit about how it's going elsewhere and how other parts of the world are surging and developing new manufacturing capacity. And perhaps there was a lot of concern in this country for a long time that we were seeing a rusting of the manufacturing belts and certainly in central Canada. And when we think of Alberta, we don't always think about manufacturing as a really important sector, but it is. And when we look at the next decade ahead, we believe it'll be an increasingly important sector. So there was nobody in the world we could think of that would be a better person to bring on our show than Cheryl Hacking, who's the president and CEO of Standins, a company that is well, well known in Calgary and, and Alberta and who's been around for a while. And Cheryl, you know, you've been CEO of the company for the last few years, but please tell us about yourself. Wow, that was a, a delightful opening. Thank you, Wellington. I appreciate that. And you're so right. I have so much passion for manufacturing and excited to talk about it today. Personally, I mean, I'm from Ontario originally. My family is still out in Ontario. I grew up there, spent uh, many, many moons there. I went to school for business. I finished my business schooling actually in Michigan, took a year there, and then came back to Canada. I dabbled in a couple other areas, a couple other companies, but when it came right down to it, I was kind of thought if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but bust my ass for somebody, I might as well bust my ass for my own family. So that's what got me into the family business and decided to start working for our company itself. Let's get right down to it. So what do you think of Alberta? How many of your friends in Ontario said, why are you moving out to Alberta? Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I absolutely love Alberta. It's been a fantastic experience. I moved out here about four years ago, started in the Mission area and now in Bridgeland. And the entrepreneurial spirit here, everything about Alberta is just amazing. I love the fact that it feels like a small town, but it's a big town. My lens is, is from Toronto. It's a big town. It feels like a big town. But you come here, you have all of the wonderful amenities and all the things you could possibly need Need or want, but with, you know, a welcoming and more relaxed atmosphere, which has just been just a wonderful experience. Did any of your friends back home try to talk you out of it when you were on oh, your way they're here? They're like, get more bedrooms. <laughs> That's why I had to move to a bigger place so that I could have people come visit all the time. It's been fantastic. Awesome. Like literally I have way more rooms than I could ever need. And, you know, in a pandemic, they go empty, but, you know, at regular times, it's like a rotating, you know, it's fantastic. So it's great. They've embraced it. Oh, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about Standin. So a lot of our uh, listeners, no doubt, know a little bit about it, but I'm sure many don't really know the whole story. It's a fascinating story, and it kind of weaves in with the IMT story, so I'll probably talk a bit to both. So my family owns IMT, which is the company that's based in Ontario. We purchased Standins back in 2014, and for a few years, managed from afar, but that's always really difficult. So I moved out here and, and took the reins a couple years ago, and you really need to be a part of as Connect First is saying to everybody, you need to be a part of the local lens and a part of the local experience to really relate to what's going on. 
So I moved out here, I entrenched myself in the landscape and really got to know the business. And ever since, it's been a great adventure. But Stanton's history is long and storied. And we've been around for 96 years now. It's quite an adventure, for sure. We started making boot inserts back in the day. It was a blacksmith shop, literally forged things, made um, boot spurs, all kinds of different things, and over the years evolved. So the story of IMT is very similar, actually. So it's interesting that the two came together. IMT, you know, we started as a soap factory called Fun to Wash. We made brooms, we made hovercrafts. Like, can you imagine? Actual hovercrafts. (laughs) These things floated above farmer's fields. They functioned on air blowers, and that's how they hovered. They literally hovered. The couple of prototypes are in a museum in Ingersoll, Ontario right now. But we kept them because it's a part of history and it's a part of evolution. But I always used to refer to us as probably a dated reference now, but the share of manufacturing. Because right. you got to change your look. You got to change what you're into. You got to change yeah. with the times and with the people. And we've always done that. So, you know, one day we're making soap. The next day we're making truck parts and leaf springs and suspensions. So wow. current day for standards, that's exactly what we're doing. We make a lot of leaf springs. People may not be familiar with what that is, but it's part of the undercarriage of like an 18-wheeler vehicle, for example. Right. It, it makes the ride more comfortable. But over the years, we've also started doing a lot in the agricultural space. So we make, uh, if you see large industrial mowers on the side of the road, we make the blades that go underneath those mowers. If you're seeing a big tractor and it's tilling things out of the soil, we make those tills that pull the soil. So it's interesting. We're a large company that you've probably never heard of because we're in everything that's helping you do what you do. You know, we're getting your packages delivered to you. We're on fire trucks that are helping you when you're having a problem. Like we're in so many different facets, but in a way that you may not know. Right on. Although everybody would have seen the sign because if you're driving down the deer foot, you see that sign. Like <laughs> it's, it's iconic. A beacon, which, of course, we love the word beacon. We don't want to be self-serving talking about our beacon, our new logo and stuff, but it's Absolutely. pretty cool. And it's cool to see that's being done right here. But for the last 30 years, the story in Canada is watching manufacturing go to other parts of the world. What's your prospects in manufacturing? What do you think the next few years are going to look like? Oh, I'm excited, to be honest. And it's funny, we joke as a family, we always said that uh, IMT stands for I make things. We love the fact that we can say that we make something that does yeah. something contributes to the world. And I think there's always a place for that. And people do tend to forget about it, but I think that also means that we're doing our job because we're supporting other industries and their success and helping them be successful. Right so sometimes it's okay to be the unsung, I guess, heroes. We had a facility in China, which we recently closed, based on everything that's transpiring in the world. And, you know, actually, that's a good thing, because to me, a lot of what's happening is we are seeing a shift. And even before, you know, the pandemic, before all this thing, all of this happened in the world, we were seeing trade wars, we were seeing different pricing structures, tariffs, all this kind of stuff that was just causing competition and things to be not sustainable anymore, not in the model that they were, that's for sure. Even right now, you look at some of our supply chains, it's weeks and months out to get things. You can't get anything. You can't get rubber. You can't get microchips. It's a very interesting time, that's for sure. However, I think that means that there's more space for people to create and understand that you need things close and you need things that are there and you need people that understand your process. And so for us, we've been able in many ways to take advantage of the fact that people are bringing work back here. And we love to see that. We're happy to quote new people that maybe we did business with 10, 20 years ago and are bringing it back because they know and understand us. And they also know that we'll be responsive to them. We've got their best interests at heart and we're good to deal with. And it's about the relationships. And I'm happy to see a lot more of that coming into play. And you see that in every industry, not just manufacturing, that it's coming back to that. It's important to understand who you're doing business with and, you know, make sure that you're satisfying them and, of course, your employees at the same time. 
you know, one of the themes on this show we've talked a lot about before is how technology is changing Alberta, how so many technology industries are growing and so on. Technology is transforming your industry too. Absolutely. So tell us, what are the big trends in manufacturing and what are the impacts technology is having there? Do you talk to anybody on the street? They've got a story about stand-ins in a way that stand-ins has impacted their lives. You know, I've even heard a rumor that we did the grill grates for Caesars. You know, it's totally a rumor, <laughs> but it may be true. But, you know, I love that kind of right stuff, on. right? But now we're supplying components for electric vehicles. You know, we're supplying components that go on those vehicles. So for us to be a company that started as a blacksmith shop, you know, everything we've done in between and now yeah. our evolution being we're working and supplying electric vehicles, that's pretty amazing and phenomenal to me. And part of that growth story is also that we're changing not just what we do, but how we do it. Right. So it's our mindset as much as anything. What I've focused on a lot in the last few years is more about such a buzzword lately, but our culture. Because right. it's true. In order to buy, you know, a pen at our company, historically, you'd have to go to a committee of 12 people. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, who can function in a space like that? Be empowered. Be entrepreneurial. You can handle this. Trust me, you're a grown-up and you have this job for a reason. So please go spend that $2 on a pen and let's call it a day and move on. Like, Unless you're fostering those kinds of attitudes and spirits within people, we're not going to get to those next levels of innovation. But within Alberta, we're doing so much of that right now. And we're seeing so much of that bubble to the surface that I'm so excited to see what in the next couple of years is going to come from a lot of that. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot on the show is the fact that you know we're going through a big transition in Alberta in the next few years. Now, you've had to deal with some challenges and overcome pretty significant issues. You've had some fires we've heard about, and um, we've had some too, by the way. One of our branches recently burnt down. Oh, it's like, it just makes life hard, obviously, when these kinds of things come up. Do you want to share any stories about those hurdles you've had to overcome and how you've come out of it on the other side stronger? We certainly have a storied past. The fire is a great example. I hadn't quite yet taken over here and actually heard about it. I was at a trade show in Quebec and saw it on the news of all things, had gotten a phone call and was told what was happening. And I, of course, turned on the television and there it was on the news. Terrifying, right? And you never know what to do in those moments. And thankfully, of course, everybody was fine. That's all I ever really care about at the end of the day. Nothing else matters if not that. Unfortunately, it was a, a terrible way to get a facelift, but it worked out in the end for us and that we did get a beautiful new office space and all those great things. So we kind of got shoved into the future a little bit. But in many ways, like I've been thinking about that a lot lately in terms of what is this buzz in Alberta? What is this buzz around? Why is the energy so different? And I felt that for a while, but I think it's because we've been down this road, you know, and obviously I'm a transplant, so I'm new to the scenario, but the energy does seem very different. And I always hear these stories of Alberta and all the resilience that there's been and so many things that Alberta has gone through in terms of trials and tribulations. But I think that's what is going to set Alberta up for success better than any other regions going through the trials and tribulations of maybe specifically the pandemic right now, because you've always had to, right? There's always been that sense of, okay, we've been knocked down, but now we get up and now we go. Whereas other places that haven't had to go through so much turmoil don't know what it means to have to be resistant and resilient yeah. and to get up and go again. Yeah. And I think we're already in that, okay, now what's next mode? Because right you can feel that and you can see that everywhere that you go and we're ready and, and willing and able. Whereas I think other people are maybe still in lick their wounds phase, yeah. right? Because they haven't had to endure and they haven't gone through so much of that. And, you know, the same is true for our company as an organization. We've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations, but in doing that, 
it's not that you get good at it because you don't want to get good at it, but you understand how to make that your advantage and how to use it as a platform and as a jumping off point, because then you get to be that next version of yourself and use all the learnings that you've had, and then you're just that much better for it. So I think that's what's next for Alberta, but that's what's also next for our company. And that's what makes me excited. That's very cool. You know, I got to know you through the Calgary Chamber, actually, and we're both board members there. And we went through a a strategic planning process lately. I got to see firsthand just what a thoughtful and big mind you have around business and strategy. And you're a woman CEO in a manufacturing business. And unfortunately, that's not the norm yet. So can you share any of your stories of trials, tribulations, the hurdles you've had to overcome to be in the chair you're in? I think everything in reflection always seems different too, right? Because I'm one of those people that when I'm in it, I'm in it. And you don't really notice that things are strange or that something maybe was not the way that it should have been until you look in the rearview mirror. So even recently, you know, I've thought about that question and just thinking I've spent 20 years in transportation and defense. Many times I was, of course, the only woman in the room, but that was never odd to me at the time because I've grown up in those sectors. So it was always what I was accustomed to. 20 years ago, I did a lot of traveling. I did a lot of trade shows for the trucking industry, for example. So I'd go to those shows and I'd be, there's no lines at the washroom, which is great because there's no women at those things, which is never the case <laughs> you at events. You got to look at the bright side, I guess. That's silver lining. <laughs> you no, know? yeah, exactly. That's never what I'm accustomed to. I was actually also one of the few not working the event. When I think about it, actually most of the women there were paid models to work the booths of the big trucking companies. And what that has to do with trucking, and I have no idea in the first place. <laughs> now it's it's totally different. You don't see that. And, you know, if you do, there's male models. There's all kinds right. of different things. You know, and still why that's a part of it, I still don't understand. <laughs> but at least it's different. But then, you, you know, you think back and that's what I grew up around and that's what was the norm. So just really different. But I think it gives a different perspective. Like even through what we've been through the last little while, you forget how much unknowns and how scary and uncertain things were. So... I think being a woman, there's obviously an element of empathy and caring and trying to be a little bit more available and open and transparent. And so, you know, at the beginning, I even, I send letters home to our employees' spouses just to tell them, this is what we're doing at work to make your spouse or partner or loved one safe. These are the measures Mm -hmm. that I'm taking. And this is why I think it's important just so that they knew what we were doing, right? Because I think unless you have that lens, you don't think about those details. I think it's important to think about the whole person. And I think... Being a woman in this space gives me the opportunity to think about things a little bit differently in a way that maybe people of another gender, and not to say that they wouldn't, but maybe they don't think about. And so I don't hear a lot of that. So I think it's been good to see some of that come to fruition and have good positive feedback about some of those things that I've been able to do because of the different perspective that I bring to the table. And if we think about how we're going to be successful as a province, you know, in this economy, in our communities, we need great leaders to step up and lead. And that's exactly what you're doing there. And you employ hundreds of people in this province, which is pretty incredible. Like, what would you say are some of the things that keep you up at night around being responsible for the well-being of that many people? Yeah, we've hired 100 people since January. So we've been on a huge growth trajectory. We've got upwards of 400 people just in Calgary. But of course, we're across Canada and the U.S., It's a lot of people and a lot of responsibility, Uh, but the best that I can do any night and what helps me go to bed at night is knowing that I put a good team around me. And I think that's all any leader can do. You always want to make sure that you've got a strong group around you and maybe it's being a woman, maybe it's being a leader, but being able to know what you're not good at is one of the 
most important things. So having people that are good at those things, people that know exactly what to look for in the equipment so that everybody's safe, knowing that, you know, you've got good trained supervisors, that we've got a nurse on site, that we've got all those things in place that create for the healthiest and the best atmosphere possible for everybody. That's what gives me reassurance and gives me the ability to go to sleep at night. It's a team effort as always with anything, right? But just knowing that you've got the right team in place makes a big difference. So for a long, long time, I think the narrative in Canada and in North America, for that matter, has been that um, we can't make things here anymore. You're proving that wrong, obviously. So what would you say to an entrepreneur right now who's thinking about getting into manufacturing in Alberta? Any feedback, guidance, advice? I listened to a podcast that you had done with Desiree Bombineau, which was phenomenal. And Desiree focused a lot about entrepreneurialism. And I think that's key. I think the spin on that that I would take is that you don't have to own a business to be an entrepreneur. Because in, within my company, we have so many entrepreneurs and everybody has an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Not only, you know, I probably didn't mention it, we don't just manufacture things. We have a, a service department. We have 13 service bays. We have a distribution network. So we're in all kinds of different things. But if the guy on the service side helping somebody get their RV up back on the road comes up with a new way of doing that, they're an entrepreneur. And yeah. that's fantastic. Like everybody can and should be an entrepreneur because that makes innovation possible. That makes new things possible for all of us. It makes it unapproachable when we think that to be an entrepreneur, you got to start a business. You got to take all these risks and all this liability. And that's not the case. Everybody can have an entrepreneurial spirit in their own way and make it look the way that they want it to look. And that helps everybody. The more entrepreneurs that we have, the better we're all going to be because we all benefit from that. It's a state of mind more than it is a thing, I think. You're obviously making a big bet on this province, um, given you're hiring that many people here, making that investment here. Are there any predictions you have around what's going to be happening in your sector and in manufacturing in the next decade in Alberta? Absolutely. I see great things in terms of agriculture, and that's why we're spending a lot more money and energy in that space. Mm -hmm. uh, we support that sector a lot, and we're seeing a lot more activity there, and we see you know a lot more growth there, especially we become more reliant on our own growth and our own food chains, yeah. right? And a lot of things have brought that more to light. I think there's going to be more and more emphasis on that, and you know we're poised to help out where needed, but I think that's a great bet for Alberta. I see so much promise in that down the road. Not only that, but then again, this shift towards electric and EV, and that's huge for us. And, you know, the trucking sector right now is booming. We're trying really desperately to keep up. We're onboarding a weekend shift, two shifts on the weekends. Like, we're just going like gangbusters trying to catch up. But that's great because that means people are buying things and goods are moving and all that is really healthy. So I see a really great growth trajectory in both of those areas, but also knowing that there's things out there that we don't know yet, and we need to be open to that possibility. But I think it's nice that manufacturing's been here a long time. There's lots of things that have been here for a long time, but they've kind of been overshadowed. I don't think there's a big resurgence of a bunch of new things coming. It's just that maybe things are getting some of their due that didn't have that opportunity in the past. So right. it's nice to see that light, Sean. There's so many companies I know of that have done such cool things and such imaginative things here that we're now finally talking about, right? Yeah. So that's exciting. That's awesome. And, you know, one of the questions I've always got to ask all of our guests, we're on a path to try and reinvent what a credit union can be for the 2020s to be what Alberta needs for the next decade. Is there any advice you would have for us? Yeah, I think uh, people's BS meter is pretty well toned nowadays. <laughs> like you got to be, you got to be truly authentic. People don't have time for yeah. that fakeness. It's just there's nobody has an appetite for that anymore because yeah. people are really more about that authenticity. Tell me the facts. Just give it to me. I don't need any of this fluff. I, I don't need that, you know. I think that's a big part of it. But also, I think you got to be where people are. 
For example, you see a lot of bus ads right now with, you know, large chains trying to show that they're local by plastering the name of the local area on the signage. (laughs) I think we're a little bit smarter than this. I know that you're not truly from Bridgeland. You don't actually have, you know, a head office here. You don't really understand the people doing what you're doing in terms of take over the Life in Calgary Instagram account, understand what local businesses are doing here, support them and talk about them. That's the way of the future. To me, that's how you be successful and set yourself up for being successful in this decade. But, you know, you guys are already laying the groundwork. I see nothing but building on that in the future. And that's really fun. Thank you, Cheryl. I really appreciate that. Is there any uh, other comments or final words you want to share with our audience? (laughs) Well, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> not final, final, but <laughs> no, until we have you not. on again. <laughs> <laughs> no, and this is fun. Thank you. And so you don't often get a chance to talk about or brag about what you do or, or the people that you do it with. So I think that's great. But yeah, I mean, I, I just can't talk enough about the people that work for us and work hard every day. And we've literally come to work every day throughout, you know, not to focus on the pandemic because let's talk about positive things, but it's been a huge part of our reality for the yeah. last, you know, Long year time. and a half. And we've had people come into work every single day. We did not take a beat. We did not get two months at home to bake bread. We didn't get all that kinds of stuff. And great for those that did. No, no, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> not making fun of any of that for sure. But we had a job to do and we came in and we did it. Yeah. So I can't stress how proud I am of everybody. And especially at a time when there was so much uncertainty and having to make decisions on the fly and not knowing what we were dealing with or contending with. I mean, all that's amazing. And I thought we were going to have a huge shift in terms of our demographic, but actually... I'm seeing a big turnaround in how many women we have on the shop floor and how many awesome. people we're employing in, in that regard. And, you know, you hear a lot of headlines about women are, are going backwards and all this kinds of stuff, but I've got more women on the shop floor now than we've ever had. Wow. For me, those kinds of stories are awesome. That's great to see. We've always been really diverse, but not necessarily in terms of gender. So it's fantastic to see that. We're going to keep growing on that. So, of course, there's been some trials and some adversity in the last little while, but there's so many good things to come out of that and so many things that we've learned and can build on that are positioning us really, really well. It's fun to be able to talk about that stuff. So thank you for giving that opportunity. It's my pleasure. You are an amazing guest, Cheryl. I can't wait to have you back. (laughs) Thank you, Wellington. I'd I'd be more than happy to do so, of course, anytime. Next Steps. There's so many great things that we talked about here today that just really inspired me. You know, one of the comments Cheryl made was, you don't need to be a business owner or a CEO to be entrepreneurial. In fact, we all can be. And, you know, that really resonated with me. One of the things we really want to make true at Connect First is the fact that we want to re-empower our branch managers to make an impact in their communities. For too long, too many financial institutions have turned branch managers into the chief administration officer or the chief checklist checker and so on in their branches, and they've lost some of that impact they used to have in the community. It used to be the most important role in any financial institution. But we're going back to the future, and we're investing in our branch managers so that they can have an impact in every community we do business in across Alberta. And another comment she made that really resonated with me is, There's a shift to excitement in Alberta. And maybe that's because we've been knocked down a time or two before. And we've been getting back up for a while. And you know what? Now we're just used to this. And now we know what to do. We know how to get back on our feet. And we know how to plot a course for a better future. And I'm really, really excited to be here, a part of this team at Connect First, because we want to be a little bit of a beacon of hope to inspire and to help everyone through this journey as Alberta, we all collectively transition and transform ourselves and our economy in the decade ahead. We sincerely want to follow that bright light of our future together. 
So with that, if you liked what you heard today, share it with your network and be sure to subscribe. Thank you for listening. And we are going to see you next time on What's Next Alberta. Alberta.